You could spend the weekend doing the same old whatever, or you could conquer the weekend in the all-new Hyundai Santa Fe. Visit HyundaiUSA.com for more details. Hyundai, there's joy in every journey. This episode is brought to you by Progressive Insurance. Whether you love true crime or comedy, celebrity interviews or news, you call the shots on what's in your podcast queue. And guess what? Now you can call them on your auto insurance too with the Name Your Price tool from Progressive. It works just the way it sounds. You tell Progressive how much you want to pay for car insurance, and they'll show you coverage options that fit your budget. Get your quote today at Progressive.com to join the over 28 million drivers who trust Progressive. Progressive Casualty Insurance Company and Affiliates. Price and coverage match limited by state law. You're tuned in to Heat Check with Trista Crick. On this episode of the Heat Check... It's the Summer League Show. I am boots on the ground for the next three episodes as I report on all of the details, all of the happenings on and off the court from Las Vegas, baby. I'll also give you the latest update on the Dame Lillard saga as well as catch up on the latest signings around the league. Got a lot to prep for. Do me a favor, Nick. Drop that motherfucking beat to be Rihanna. So the NBA Summer League is here, and for those who do not know, uh, it is basically the most important event, for me at least, in the NBA season. Uh, I think for most people in the NBA, it's the number one event of the year. Because why? Uh, Because it brings together execs from every team all in one place for really the only time of the year. During the many days of Summer League, deals are made, relationship forged, Beefs are started. Remember the Russell Westbrook, LeBron James sitting on opposite sides of the court during the Lakers game. (laughs) Teams are disbanded. Teams' fortunes can be made or broken. Investigations can be launched, a la the NBA last summer with Ime Udoka, uh, all against the backdrop of rookies desperately chucking, assisting to no one, trying to impress NBA executives in hopes of making a roster and getting paid. There's nothing like it anywhere. It is the ultimate the ultimate vanity event. It is the ultimate NBA circle jerk. And you know what? I am all in on it. It's my favorite event of all time where you get to run in to former executives, current players, all at one sort of mediocre Chinese restaurant in the middle of the Wynn Hotel. Uh, or in my case, MGM, because I am Team MGM. Uh, back to this event. Summer League has exploded uh, the last few years, as we know. It has become a spectator event. When I started watching Summer League in person, it was not televised, not by NBA TV, not by anyone local. I don't even think there were newspaper people out there. It was just NBA insiders and executives and team personnel. And now it's a whole thing. Uh, So I'm going to help you Figure out what to prepare for, what teams to see, who to watch for, fill you in on some behind-the-scenes stuff so that you can enjoy the Summer League like as if you were there. Like I said, 2012 is when I started, and I tell you what, things have just changed. The, the rafters when you would go to Summer League back in 2012 would be just completely empty. It would be you 
and like maybe a few random fans that love basketball that live locally in Las Vegas. It wasn't that bad, but right now it's stuffed to the brim. You can't even get in to the first day of Summer League. I ran into the co-creator of, well, he's really the creator. I call him the Wizard of Oz of the Summer League, Warren Legary. I ran into him tonight at dinner uh, Thursday, the day before the Summer League, and I go, Warren, how insane is it going to be tomorrow? And he goes, oh, yeah, it's going to be crazy because of women Yama, right? They've sold out. It's going to be stuffed. People are going to be in there like sardines, shoulder to shoulder. Security is going to be tight. And, baby, if you get close to Victor Wambayama, you're bound to get fucking slapped. <laughs> uh, speaking of which, we got our first controversy at Summer League before they even started playing basketball. So this is what happened. So Victor Wembyama, a.k.a. Wemby, was walking through one of the random strip casinos. Like, that's what they do. They're staying at the casinos just like we are. Uh, and he felt, it, this is the part that it's murky. Because some say that it was like slightly just a tap on the back. Wemby says it was a full-on bear hug with the security. Someone came up and tried to wrap their arms around seven foot four, 120 pound Wemby. And before he could even turn around, cause they apparently told him, Hey, no matter who touches no, you, no matter who talks to you, just keep moving. Before he could even turn around, the head of security allegedly for the San Antonio Spurs just straight pimp slapped the offending Wemby fan, knocked her back. I don't know if she fell. Again, the story's quite murky. But this is where it gets quite strange. The offending fan happened to be Brittany. Give me, give me more. Give me more. Spears. Brittany. Like, Brittany Spears? Wow. So now um, Brittany Spears has, uh, according to her, uh, accepted their apology, their private apology, but yet has filed assault charges with the Vegas Police Department. And so not not that much uh, of an acceptance of the apology. And Wembenyama had to give an impromptu press conference during his practice to address the incident. Meanwhile, it's been mums the word from the San Antonio Spurs. No one has said a peep. They've been quiet as a church mouse over there in San Antonio. So my man, Victor, welcome to the NBA. Like in 15 years, they're going to be like, so, uh, oh, the bonjour, uh, Victor, uh, what was your uh, welcome to the uh, bonjour to the NBA moment? And he's going to be like, yeah, uh, there was a pop star. I didn't even know who she was. Apparently she was famous like 25 years ago. Yeah, she's insane. Um she came up and bear hugged me, and I didn't even know what happened, but my security slapped the shit out of her, and then I was in years of litigation before my rookie year even started. We're not even to training camp yet.
When you need mealtime inspiration, it's worth shopping Kroger, where you'll find over 30,000 mouth-watering choices that excite your inner foodie. And no matter what tasty choice you make, you'll enjoy our everyday low prices, plus extra ways to save, like digital coupons worth over $600 each week. You can also save up to $1 off per gallon at the pump with fuel points. More savings and more inspiring flavors make shopping Kroger worth it every time. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Fuel restrictions apply. Check out our new NBA show, Beyond the Arc, part of the CBS Sports Podcast Network, where you can find me, John Gonzalez, NBA insider Bill Ryder, and Ashley Nicole Moss, five days a week talking all things NBA. Whether you're looking for insightful discussions, upbeat commentary, breaking news, interviews, or coverage of all the biggest stories in the NBA, our new show is the place to be five days a week. Download and follow Beyond the Arc on Apple Podcasts, Spotify, and wherever you get your favorite podcasts. With threats to our nation waiting around every corner, adaptability is more important than ever. When conditions change without notice, quick strategic thinking is crucial. And with obstacles consistently impending, determination is essential in overcoming them. It's this willingness, decisiveness, and resilience that sets Marines apart. With our fighting spirit, we don't just fight battles, we win them. Marines are the constant our nation counts on to fight the unknown. And through adaptable problem solving, we do just that. Learn more at Marines.com. Back to Summer League. To get started. God, that story's crazy. It didn't happen anywhere on property, thankfully, for, for Warren and the Summer League people. But I tell you what, they know all about it. They're aware of its happenings. Uh, so let's talk about the five must teams that you have to watch at Summer League, either on TV or in person if you can. So, number one, Portland Trailblazers. My number one choice. Can't miss team in Vegas. It has nothing to do with the Dame Lillard saga. I ain't. That's not exactly right. I, I has a little to do with the Damian Lillard saga. The main attraction is Damian Lillard's replacement, Scoot Henderson. So the, we'll call him the Domino. No more Scoot. We're just going to call him the Domino. So the Domino uh, probably should have been the number two pick in the draft, but by some, is it really a miracle or is it just the laws of physics? Uh, the Charlotte Hornets took the wrong pick in Brandon Miller, and by a miracle, Scoot, uh, a.k.a. the Domino, landed in Portland at three. And here in Vegas, now we get to see Scoot ball out. Why is Scoot so exciting? Why are so many executives and a team like draft nick, whatever they're called, they're called draft nicks? I think that's what they're called. They're saying that he's just maybe a transcendent player that could be even better than Dame, which I don't want to say. I haven't said that, but other people have said that. He's an elite finisher at the rim. Uh, he is an incredible passer, pass-first point guard. I want to highlight that and redline that. Pass-first point guard. Very unselfish. Definitely plays a lot of defense. Strong, high wingspan. Is going to be able to get out into the transition, and he's going to throw lobs on lobs on lobs to Shaden Sharp. Incredible basketball IQ. Incredible court vision. He has been made in a lab to run a basketball team. Next to Victor, I think he's the number one player to watch. I think it's going to be must-see every single game that he plays. Will they shut him down after two games? Probably. So you better get into the gym in the first two days. But no, no. The Blazers are not 
that's just not the only reason. You want to see Orion Rupert out of France. He was a player that a lot of people liked a lot in the draft. He ends up slipping to the second round, but guess what? The Blazers locked him into a multi-year contract. Some draft experts thought Ryan Rupert Rupert, uh, was probably going to go into the late 20s. So he is a first-round talent. Uh, Very green, very long, very athletic. Joe Cronin. Joe Cronin has a tight. Um, Long athletic. I'm not even going to go there. Anyway, long, fast, could be a sleeper. Also, Chris Murray, another long, athletic, three-point shooting wing Twin brother of Keegan Murray, who, by the way, dropped 29 points in the California Classic debut. I think he shot, I think he had 70 points in two games. I think that's what it was. 70 points in his two games at the California Classic. And then they're like, that's enough. We're going to shut you down. Uh, Chris is a little thicker than Keegan. Still shoots threes at around 40%. A little slower, but that's why he was late first round and not a you know lottery pick. Up next is the Detroit Pistons. Uh, they are bringing a cannon to the knife fight at the Summer League because they've got players who were lottery picks last year that are apparently playing. So new coach Monty Williams has sent in the Calvary. They are trying to win 27 games in the regular season this year, and they are trying to absolutely win the chip in Summer League. So they take Oscar Thompson at five. We know he's great. One of the more exciting players in this year's draft. They add first-rounder Marcus Sasser as well, which... To me, doesn't make a lot of sense, but hey, that's not all. They then send the following lottery picks to Summer League as well from last year. Jalen Duran, wow, athletic freak, killed the Summer League last year. Tons of dunks, rebounds, athleticism on full display. Jaden Ivey, who sprained his ankle, I believe, in the first game last year of Summer League, so maybe we're going to be able to see him in more games than a quarter. And James Wiseman, who feels like he's been in Summer League for the last four years because he has. Uh, so for those keeping track, that's five top 25 draft picks on this team. You add in Isaiah Livers, uh, you have add in Xavier's Jack Nungy. It's going to be a very fun team to watch. Up next, I'm not going to talk about the Wizards because I'm okay on Tristan Vucevic. They're going to be fine. I do think Bilal Koulibaly is somebody to watch, but I need more than one player than I need to see in order for you to be a top team. So that leads me to another team that's normally pretty boring, normally someone that is not a must-circle-on-your-calendar type team, and that's the Utah Jazz. The Utah Jazz are actually a must-watch this year. I don't know why. They figured it out. Taylor Hendricks... (laughs) Blend of size, skill, that defensive intensity that a lot of scouts love. He's 6'9". He's only 19. Classic 3 and D guy. He guarded 1 through 5 at Central Florida. Averaged 15 a game. And although the Summer League is going to be the first chance that we get to see how his offensive game works at the next level against, well, NBA quote-unquote quality defenses, let's be real, there's not going to be a lot of defense being played. His defense can't be questioned. Then you've got Keontae George, who is another Jazz first-rounder. 6'4 guard, smooth jump shot, not a great three-point shooter yet. He's going to be working on that at Summer League. I think that's going to translate. Another interesting thing, though, about Keontae George is that he lost, I think, like 25 pounds from his time at Baylor. He got all the way up to 210, 215 at Baylor. I guess they wanted him to be a little thicker there. He was 190 in high school. He's lost all that weight back, and he says he feels stronger. He feels more athletic, more bouncy. So that's going to be fun to see how his game translates to the next level as well. Bryce Sensabaugh, another player that the Utah Jazz have from Ohio State. 
very polarizing prospect. Some people thought he was the best offensive player on the draft bar. None. I didn't believe that, but he is an absolute bucket. His best skill is that basically there's nowhere on the court that he can't score. 41% from three, 45% on catch and shoots, 83% free throw shooter, over 50% shooter in the mid-range. Not a great passer. Um, <laughs> shockingly, this guy's a bucket. A lot of buckets don't exactly work on their passing prowess. But, hey, it's going to be fun to watch them as well. Uh, he hasn't played in any of the California Classic games, so this will be our first look at Bryce Sensabaugh at the next level. Uh, up next is the Houston Rockets, and we know that the Houston Rockets are doing moves uh, that we really don't understand right now, but the youth movement is here in H-Town, and now it has a massive booster shot with this year's draft. You've got Eamon Thompson, probably good enough to be a top two, three pick, maybe a one pick in some of the past year drafts, and the Rockets grab him at four. He's for sure on the short list. I have no idea what he's going to look like because we've seen him only in overtime elite. Uh, overtime elite does play against NBA quality, caliber, G League sort of ask players, but I have no idea what it's going to look like at this level. His shot is hitchy, but he is very explosive. He's very strong. He's got incredible basketball IQ, which is going to be a massive skill set for this Houston Rockets team that is lacking in that. But really, I want to see Cam Whitmore. Why did he slip in the draft? He was widely considered to be a top five pick. Houston even considered taking him at four. And then it was like, were they injury concerns? Were they character red flags? No one really knows still to this day. I do know, though, that Cam Whitmore was doing windmills in his uh, one-on-zero pre-draft workouts uh, that I saw on Twitter. So I don't think his knees or ankles are bad. Otherwise, he's not doing that. But I think his game is perfect for the NBA. If there's nothing wrong with his medicals and there's nothing wrong with his mental, then I tell you what, he's going to go crazy in the NBA. Uh, Gotta see Charlotte up next. Gotta see Charlotte because sometimes must-see TV isn't always great. I tell you what, you you spend a little time watching Keeping Up with the Kardashians, and you tell me if you can turn away. That's Brandon Miller. Brandon Miller is going to be one of those players that everyone is holding their breath while they watch. I think he had 10 fouls in four quarters of basketball in the California Classic, which isn't exactly saying anything meaningful, but the The kid is struggling to get into the paint, struggling to get his own shot, create separation. It's almost like we could have seen that coming. Not great body language. Uh, I think he committed 7 fouls in one game, eight turnovers. Summer League, by the way, allows 10 fouls in a game. How he plays at Summer League could potentially affect how he plays in his rookie year. We saw that with Jabari Smith. Never looked comfortable in Summer League. Never look comfortable until maybe the last third of the NBA season. Once you go down a road with your mentality, once your confidence starts to slip, very tough at a young age to get it back, especially for someone like Brandon Miller, who's so young. The Hornets have other players, though, that you have to watch, like Nick Smith. Nick Smith was the number one recruit in the country before he got injured at Arkansas. He has a bunch of high skills, elusive. He is long. He can score on all three levels. Going to be interesting to see how his health looks, whether he's bouncy. Uh, They also have Amari Bailey. Amari Bailey might be the best player in this draft for them. Like he might, Amari Bailey could end up being the best Charlotte Hornet in the 2023 draft. 
I think there's going to be a lot of teams that regret drafting him. He's already balling out. And then you got James Najee, who went in the first pick of the second round. Most people thought Najee was a first-rounder, but he's kind of a work in progress. He's from Barcelona in Europe. Like a lot of Euro guys, it's a work in progress. But you're talking about a seven foot five wingspan. So that's pretty much all of the information that you need. If you've seen any tape of James Najee, he can do a lot of things. With all eyes on Miller, you got to watch Charlotte as well as the other players at Summer League on the Charlotte Hornets. So now that we know what teams to keep an eye on, let's talk about some players who are under the radar as well that you should take some time to watch at Summer League. While everyone's eyes are going to be on Victor Wambayama and Brandon Miller and Scoot Henderson, I think there's some late first-round picks, early second-rounders that you should pay attention to. Number one already, if you've been paying attention at all to what's happening on Twitter or threads or whatever, Jaime Hawkes. He was drafted 18th by the Heat. What a Heat pick. He is perfect fit. He's going to be able to play right away for this team. Early reports, he's going to slot into the rotation. Could be the big surprise of Summer League. Ben Shepard out of Belmont. I think he could be a sleeper performer in the Summer League as well, kind of like Andrew Nemhard was for the Pacers last year. He was drafted 26 by Indiana, and several scouts said that if he went to Duke, Ben Shepard probably would have been a top 10 pick. Not a lot of holes in his game. Keontae George like I said a little bit earlier, went 16 to Utah. I think he's going to be a player that you need to watch as well. Jalen hood Shafino, drafted 17th by the Lakers. you got to watch him as well. Uh, I think he could be the point guard of the future for L.A. Going to see if he's ready for the big lights. Lakers players traditionally light up the summer league, so definitely watch out for him. And then finally, Jordan Miller out of Miami. Man, he's good. He really is a bucket. I like him and Isaiah Wong, actually. Um, Jordan Miller fell to to 48 to the Clippers. He's going to try to show people why he was so dangerous at Miami. I think he probably could have gone higher, but I think he does have a chip on his shoulder. He's not going to compete for any roster spot on this Clippers team because what do they do? They bring in athletic uh, sort of combo, versatile wings, and then they stash them in the 13th, 14th, and 15th spot on the bench. That's just what they've done. Like, ask Brandon Boston how it feels to be an L.A. Clipper. Um, the Summer League, though, also a place where undrafted free agents can make a name for themselves. We saw that with Max Truce. We saw that with Kyle Kuzma. I think that there are some really good college players for one reason or another fell very deep into the first round or the second round or went undrafted. Some are going to be like looking for to make a name for themselves. Hopefully make a roster spot. Remember, we saw Matt McClung last year light up the Summer League. Is Amani Bates going to be one of those players who we had a lot of hype around and then fell off the map when he went to Memphis and then switched schools? Is he going to be able to show out? A lot of people were very surprised that he got drafted at all. He was one of the top recruits in the nation in 2021. So if he can figure out a way to put himself into the spotlight, maybe, maybe he can crack a rotation. Leaky Black out of North Carolina, 
He did not get drafted, but he signed a free agent deal with the Charlotte Hornets. He hopes to get a full contract with them. He's a really, really good defender. He's an NBA-quality defender. Definitely a better defender than Brandon Miller, who went second. He's a streaky shooter. He's going to have to impress in Vegas. A lot of roster spots uh, that are filled already in Charlotte. Nathan Menza of San Diego State had a really great run in March Madness. He's also signed by the Hornets. A lot of Hornets in this. 6'10 center. Uh, he's going to be trying to show off his athleticism in the summer league. He's really fun. Has a pretty good mid-range game. Not a great shooter shooter. Not a great free throw shooter. But he tries really hard. Finally, um, for Hoops fans, keep your eyes on the final four players who are playing at summer league. It was very, very memorable. We had Florida Atlantic, San Diego State, crashing the party with Miami and UConn. So... Here are some of the final four players to watch as they try to carve out an NBA career beginning in Vegas. So the Hurricanes are hurricaning. Like I said, Jordan Miller, 6'7 wing. You got 6'3 guard, Isaiah Wong. You can catch Jordan Miller playing with the Clippers, like I mentioned, and Isaiah Wong is going to be playing for the Pacers. Very fun. Then you've got UConn. They've got a pair of undrafted players. Andre Drax Jackson, he shot 67% at the rim last year, and then you've got Jordan Hawkins, who might be the best shooter in this draft. Jackson went uh, as a second-round pick to the Bucks, and Hawks, uh, Hawkins excuse me, went 14th to the Pelicans. And then you've got undrafted center Adam Sonogo, who's going to be trying to impress with the Chicago Bulls in Vegas. San Diego State also has a pair of undrafted players. Like I said, Nathan Menza and 6'3 shooting guard Adam Psycho. Uh, Menza is playing for Charlotte. Psycho will be playing for Golden State. So we know Psycho's probably going to light it up because, listen, here's the deal. Uh, Golden State always has try-hard players on their summer league teams. Then on top of that, you've got three undrafted stars that look, they're looking to make a name as well. You've got Oscar Tshibwe, who is an All-American College Player of the Year. He's playing for the Pacers as well. You've got Marquise Noel. Uh, who is playing with the Toronto Raptors, and then Drew Timmy out of Gonzaga, who's trying to make the Bucks regular season roster. So check out all these, your favorite college players on the Summer League schedule, and make sure to watch out for them along the way. Couple of housekeeping items to take care of. Uh, boy, oh boy, did I not see DeJounte Murray signing a four-year, $120 million extension. It feels like an underpay. I'm not I'm not going to lie. I thought he would get more on the open market. He's a two-way guard. He's, he's long. He's athletic. He can shoot. He can pass. He can rebound. I think DeJounte Murray's worth much more than four years, 120. Maybe, like, not much more, but a little more. Uh, and now he's locked down. He's not going to be able to be traded until the deadline. I like Murray. It looks like he's going to be Trey's running mate for the foreseeable future. Sounds good by me. Uh, the Nets also are... Extending Cam Johnson, four years, going to be $108 million with incentives, really more closely to $90 million, considering that he's probably not going to make those $13 million, uh, $13 million in extension incentives. And I really like this move for Brooklyn. I do. He's a solid wing. I think he's probably one of the best wings at his age in the league. Maybe you think that the money is too much for Cam Johnson, but I think this is the rate for a player of his caliber. And listen, Brooklyn doesn't want to get rid of Cam Johnson, even if it's for Dame Willard. So what does that tell you about Cam Johnson? Also, the Blazers made a move that didn't involve Dame. They match an offer sheet from Dallas for Matisse Thibel. 
Uh, very interesting, though, about that deal. Dallas was absolutely trying to hit Portland with the poison pill. They added the trade kicker. They added all this extra stuff to the deal so that Portland wouldn't sign the offer or match, and they did anyway. Portland gets them three years, $33 million, which is the MLE, the mid-level exception. It would have been an amazing pickup for Dallas. They need defense. We know that. Matisse Thibel is still very young. His offensive game is coming around. But it is a good deal for Thibel, and it is a good deal for Portland, regardless of what happens with Dame. We talked about this earlier as well, and it has come true. Jordan Clarkson is staying with the Utah Jazz. Yeah, it is. It's happening. Three years, $55 million. Going to be in Utah on a rebuilding team for the foreseeable future. The owners love him. GM loves him. He's a fine player, six-man-of-the-year candidate. But, like, Ryan Smith's favorite player is Jordan Clarkson. Being well-liked by the boss very good thing. Ask uh, Bradley Beal. He's been finessing people for his entire career over the fact that Ted Leonsis loves him, Brad Beal. And finally, the saga of Jalen Brown and the Celtics. It seems to be coming to a close. Uh, The massive Supermax deal that he is eligible for uh, is ready to be offered. Apparently, it will jump over $300 million when it's finally signed. Both sides are expected to finalize the deal at Summer League. So we'll keep you updated on that. And he will be ineligible to be traded for one year after he signs. So it looks like it's the, what are they, the Jays? The Jays. It's late, baby. It looks like it's the Jays <laughs> for at least the next year. Uh, that is all the time that we have for the heat check. I'm doing this at damn near 3 a.m. East Coast time. So sorry for any flubs or any uh, misstatements, do not aggregate me. Uh, Do not put me anywhere I should not be. Come back on Tuesday for an all-new podcast live from Vegas. Follow the mini episodes that will drop throughout the week. We're going to be posting on TikTok, Twitter, and Instagram, so make sure you keep it locked on that. I'll be also live taking over the BetMGM page. So do not forget to download, subscribe. Please tell your friends, every single one of them, and follow us on social at this heat check and at Trista Crick on TikTok, Instagram, and Twitter. Big shout out to my producer, Nick Berlansky, and thank you to all of you who listen, who comment, who tweet at me mean things because it keeps the money flowing. We'll see you next time. Appreciate you.